This episode is brought to you by our free Flex Guide ebook. We want you to be able to give your application for flexible working the best chance of success. So we've created this ebook with nine easy steps to follow and information about your entitlements. Go to our website, www.thejuggle.com.au forward slash flex guide and download the guide now. If you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lilovich. And me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi, everyone. It's Joel Lilovich here. And Lucy Dickens. Welcome back to the Juggle Podcast. Like I think probably just about everybody else around the world, Joe and I have been avidly watching and listening to all of the updates on the spread of the coronavirus. I think someone said today, where we were just two days ago is so different from where we are today. And the change is happening so quickly now that it's really scary to think where we could be in one day's time or even in just another two days time. Mm, I, I know, I know. And at, but at the same time, I feel like I know we're taking precautionary measures because of the effect in the rest of the world. But also, I mean, at the same time, it's kind of tricky because we've had, what is it, 250 cases in Australia? Yeah, as of the 15th of March, yep. Which are really tiny numbers. And I know that's not the point. It's all about prevention, but it also, it's just conflicting, right? There's this massive change and everybody's taking action. Supermarket shelves are empty. I know. Businesses are closing down. Talk about schools being closed down. And I don't know, it's just all this conflicting kind of thoughts and feelings. I'm sure yeah. everybody feels the same. And I also think most people feel a bit fed up already. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Australians are good at that. I think it's interesting because it started off, you know, with all the memes around Toilet Paper Gate and, yes. um, and then it's gotten a lot more serious. You know, like you said, there's empty shelves, people are panicking. Uh, there's been some good things too. Like I just got a notice in my letterbox today from someone on our street saying, you know, let's create our Um, street community to assist everyone who might be self-isolating you know let's create a whatsapp group so that we can all be in contact and you know deliver food or toilet paper to someone who can't leave their house and those kinds of things so So it is it's really nice and I guess you know people are starting to take things a bit more seriously because we've just had two massive government policies put in place. So we've got the prohibition on public static gatherings of 500 people or more. And we've also got the requirement for anyone who's entering Australia from overseas to self-isolate for 14 days. So that's two huge steps from where we were just a couple of days ago. Yeah, they are. They're big changes. And there's the broader concerns as well around things like what happens if schools close, daycare close, whether we're working from home, what's that going to look like? Yeah. I've had so many employers contacting me wondering about, you know, can they send their employees home? Do they have to pay them? What are their obligations in all of that? And, you know, I feel very fortunate that being a, a virtual law firm with staff already working from home, that we already have these strategies in place and, and work will basically continue as normal for us. And I know that you've been having talks at your workplace as well. We have. We have over the last week or so made sure that everybody is set up for remote work because some of us work remotely already, but not all of us, far from all of us. So we've been making sure that everybody is set up to work remotely if or probably more like when they're required to do so because it's Mm. probably looking more like it will happen at some point. And over this week, as we're recording this, we're going to put some trials in place. So we're going to have certain teams working from home or from, well, working remotely 
over the week. We're going to alternate the days. And then we're also talking about whether or not or how we could manage different people working on different kind of rosters so that they can avoid peak hour traffic and peak hour public transport more specifically. Yeah. And all that kind of thing. So, yeah. So because we're all taking all these different actions and creating strategies and we have this anxiety and everything around, Lucy and I thought that we would put together a couple of episodes on how to deal with the coronavirus situation. So today we're going to talk really about employer-employee obligations, so around those things that I've been talking to clients around, you know, can you work from home, how do you have to pay them, etc. And then we're going to follow up with a second episode which is going to talk about all of us who, as you know, mothers and parents, are having to work around the fact that possibly our kids are going to be at home with us when we're trying to work from home, whether that's because there's a government mandate that schools and daycares are closed or whether that's because you're electing to have your children at home with you. We're going to come up with our tips on how you can do that effectively at home with the kids around. So the episode is, today's episode is going to basically be around three things. First, the current health warnings. Second, the employer legal obligations for workplace safety and and what employees can and can't be directed to do. And then just following up um, or included in that will be practical steps that employers and employees can take during this time. Joe is our resident employment lawyer, so I'm going to be asking her all the kinds of questions that I'm interested in, both as a manager of a business and also as an employee. So we're going to kind of kind of take a bit of both of those perspectives here, because we know a lot of you listening are employed, but also a lot of you run your own businesses as well. So I think there'll probably be some tips in here for everybody. And it's so important that everyone understands both sides of the situation, because we're all going to have to work together really well to manage this and make sure that, you know, we all still have jobs to do at the end of it all. Mm, yeah. So let's get started with the health warnings then. The best places to keep up to date on information relevant to Australia. And Joe, you've you've mentioned two places to me. Yeah. Um, I think that the two best the health department, the government Australian health department. So that's just www.health.gov.au. And the other main source of information is the World Health Organization. And so you can find them at www.whohwo.int. And they have a special section set up on their website all around the novel coronavirus, um, where you can find heaps of information there. There is so much information coming out, um, you know, and we're adding to it, but there is so much information coming out around how to deal with this virus. I think that it's really important to just focus on where you're going to take your information from and only look to those sources because otherwise it's really easy to get overwhelmed and confused. That's it. There's lots of different information. So, yeah, and those are sort of the statistics, aren't they? They're providing where the cases are being reported and what the government's recommended response is. So, yeah, absolutely. Some official places to go. Yeah. Okay, so employer employer obligations then. Let's start there in terms of what employers are supposed to be doing or the kinds of things that they should be thinking about uh, as this virus continues to spread or at least we're at risk of the spread in Australia. So can we start there, Joe? What's the first thing? Where do we start? So the first thing is that we have to remember that an illness is at, is at the end of the day an issue around safety. So employers are always and have always been required to provide a safe place of work where their employees, contractors, visitors to their site, their workplace aren't exposed to hazards so far as is reasonably practicable, which is nice mm. lawyer language that we love. <laughs> 
Um, but we've got to remember as well that employees are also responsible for their own health and safety at work. So it's not just the employers who have to do all the work, it's both sides. So that means that employees have to follow reasonable employer directions and cooperate with safety and health directions, you know, make sure you work safely and don't expose yourself and others um, because of actions you are or aren't taking. So this means if you think you might be have been exposed to the virus, that you isolate yourself and you tell your work, you don't just act like it's business as usual and think I'm not sick so it doesn't matter yeah absolutely it goes both ways yeah so there's a whole bunch of things that employers are starting to do to and and the main the main thing that's really started from the very beginning and and is just intensified is just hygiene around the workplace Mm -hmm. and it's so funny because this is obviously something that we should be conscious of all the time but we've obviously just upped the up the ante quite considerably. Yeah. And this is things like washing hands, right? Placing signs up, not shaking hands. Do people have signs on the front doors saying that we're not shaking hands or that kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. So I think that, you know, that that's something that's I've seen a lot. So you reception desks will have, you know, please don't be offended if we don't shake your hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. There'll be a very conveniently located bottle of hand sanitizer right next to that, <laughs> sand, uh, that sign. If they can find some to buy because all yeah. the shop shelves are empty. Exactly. Um, yes. So I, I think that there's a few things that I would suggest around hygiene. And the first thing is doing that. So having increased mm-hmm. signage, have, you know, extra signage around how you wash your hands. Like, you know, it's not just the quick run under the tap. It's some, a, a nurse friend told me you need to wash hands and sing happy birthday times happy birthday, two yeah. times two <laughs> not just once um maybe that's to to really make sure of all those people who sing a bit too fast I don't know um and then you know you want to have a reminder about you know coughing into your elbows and not into your hands um you know reminding people to wipe down things I know some people are replacing any towels that they might have with paper towels mm-hmm. again if you can afford and find to bu- find them to buy um, I, another thing to do is to communicate all the health warnings to employees. So when you, as an employer, are following the the updates from the government, send them through by email to your employee and say, here's the latest update, just to make sure that they know what you're following and what they're mm. required to follow. Mm. That's interesting. I'm getting those at the moment from all sorts of places. So we're sending them at work. I'm getting them from the public transport authority. I'm getting them from playgroup. I'm getting them from swimming lessons, Yeah, any sort of public group thing are sending their reports out. So there's definitely a lot of that going around. Yeah. The other thing you might need to do is provide some kind of personal protective equipment to your employees. So depending on what kind of workplace you're in, there might be a need for masks or for gloves or for something else to to protect them from, from catching any illness. The other thing, as you said, Lucy, tell people to stay home. <laughs> yeah. And I think a final thing would be to try to avoid having people in your workplace. So that might be also emailing all of your um, clients to see if there are alternative ways that you can provide the service. It might mean that they can pick up their their product at the at the at the door as opposed to coming in and talking to mm. someone and leaning over a reception desk and and you know being in close contact with people. It might mean having telephone calls or video conferences. Yeah, that's an easy one that we are starting to put in place, which is converting any in-person meetings to video meetings because that's relatively easy. And if that's something that you're trying to do, there's all sorts of software 
or online applications you can use. Our favorite, which we use for our podcast is Zoom. Mm. And you can actually get a free version of Zoom that will probably do most people. If if you've just got two people in your meeting, it's unlimited. So that's a pretty good software and one that we would definitely recommend after having used for many years now. But definitely, yeah, avoiding physical or in-person contact is is a relatively easy change and particularly in this in this climate right in this in- environment that we're in people understand whereas yes. they might previously have been hesitant to try and adopt these types of technologies this is actually a really good opportunity to demonstrate how business can be done in different ways it's such a good opportunity yes and in terms of managing other exposures that people might have two big ones that are coming in obviously are workplace gatherings and travel so a lot of people are just putting a blanket band on ban sorry on attending conferences or social events mm. and you know again it's all about using your discretion clearly five people getting together at work is is a big difference to 500 yeah however you know if you want to take the the more uh, risk averse approach then just ban all of it Mm-hmm. And p- businesses are putting travel policies in place, aren't they? Banning overseas yes. and, dom- and 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 even in some cases domestic travel, but yes. also asking, starting to ask questions around family and other people that you've been in contact with and where, whether or not they've been traveling. Yes. To what extent are they allowed to know that information? Well, it, again, it's a safety concern. So the direction would be to an employee, you are directed to inform me if you have been um, overseas, um, or alternatively, if you have been in contact with someone who has returned from overseas, and then yeah, obviously okay. the employer will need to, you know, make some decisions around what action they take as a result. Yeah, fair enough. So, in terms of travel policies, with over, I think it's you know it's going to be different whether it's for work or for personal travel. With work, it's easy, um, hopefully, to just ban it. Um, mm and, you know, find alternative ways of dealing with what would have been done as a result of that travel. If it is personal, it's a little bit harder. With the overseas travel, I would be reminding employees that there is that 14-day self-isolation period and therefore that may make them less willing to go. I mean, if they're only planning to go overseas for, you know, four days or five days for a long weekend and then they have to isolate Isolate themselves for two weeks, (laughs) you know, then you've kind of got to say to them, well, how are you planning to deal with that? Are you Mm. planning to work from Mm. home? Are you wanting to be paid? Are you going to extend your paid leave Mm. period? You know, that it doesn't mean that you can just take that leave and it's going to be all good for the employer to lose two weeks of productivity from an employee as a result. And how is that approached from a paid perspective if if somebody is overseas now or travels overseas and then they need to come back to isolate and they need to isolate how is that dealt with is it sick leave is it paid leave is it unpaid leave do they work or is it case by case do we just need to talk and discuss and negotiate there's probably a few different categories that all falls into so if it's work-related travel and it you know, has it has gone ahead, then when someone returns overseas, it's not their fault that they were directed to go overseas. And therefore, I would say that when they have to self-isolate on return, that, you know, there's an argument there that the, the workplace should have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. If it's personal travel, a little bit different. Uh, there's a, a few options. If they are showing signs of sickness, whether it's coronavirus or something else, then obviously there would be some entitlement to sick pay, assuming they're a permanent employee who has that entitlement. If they don't have any symptoms of sickness and they just have to self-isolate, 
then it may be that they can use up some other paid leave that they might have, annual leave or long service leave. Or the alternative is that you could have a conversation with your employer about working from home. And obviously, if the employer agrees and the employee is able to do work from home, then they would just be paid as normal for the work that they're doing. Okay, fair enough. So sticking with the working from home topic, leaving travel aside, so if we've kind of dealt with people coming and going either in domestic or overseas in that isolation period, if people are otherwise, aside from that, can or should employers be asking employees to stay at home and work from home? Mm, it's a really good question. A lot of employers are, are wondering if they can do that. I think, yes, employers can ask employees to work from home. They can say that we're making that decision to, you know, it, that it's not a safe place for you to all come to, to be at work together. Mm. Some people are asking certain members of the team to work from home. So, for example, or, or alternating risk. days. Yeah, um, right, so yeah. if you've got an office that's quite full, um, you might ask every second or perhaps every second and third person to work from home so that the numbers in the office are significantly reduced and therefore you're more you're more social distanced from each other um, and if you do ask them to work from home then you will ordinarily have to pay them for you know their, their normal pay if they are otherwise ready willing and able to to come into the workplace and perform their work yeah, um, okay. you know so some of the issues that you've got to consider are you know whether the employees have the necessary capacity to work from home I mean that that's an issue you know some mm. jobs well that's one we're looking at right is it all well and good to say to people we'll redirect phones to mobile phones because everyone has a mobile phone um, and obviously we can reimburse them for the costs of there but not everyone has internet connection yes that they would need to be able to work remotely a lot of people just use their phone just use hotspot or don't have the bandwidth or don't have you know that's that's tricky that's actually yes. not as easy as you you think yes I need pretty fast internet at home to be able to connect to my VPN much yes. faster than I do just to browse my internet and yes you know live a normal life yeah so yeah, it's not necessarily a given, is it? No, I mean, and continuing with the office theme, because that's obviously the kind of environment that we're both in, a lot of people don't have computers too. Mm, like they mm. work on just iPads or other yeah. kinds of tablets, uh, which suits what they do in a, in a normal kind of home environment. So if they need that to work, you know, it's going to be quite difficult. And that doesn't even take into account the fact that they might not have a, a proper workspace or, you know, they might have kids at home that are being cared for by their partner. You know, how do you continue to work from home when that's all going on? Yeah. Maybe we can take that approach now then. Can we talk about what kind of things employees can do? So we've spoken a bit about what the employers can do or what they should be doing. So what if as an employee we're sick, we should stay home? It's a pretty obvious one, yeah, right? Exactly. If you have any signs of sickness, please just stay home. And I think that is the direction that all employers are um, giving to their employees. So, you know, it used to be that I think Australia, like many places, has a bit too much presenteeism where people come to work when they're a bit sick, but now there is just so little tolerance for anyone coming to work with the slightest cough or sniffle. You just need to stay home. Mm. And if we have family who are sick or who are isolating mm. and we're with them, we've been in contact, so we also have to isolate. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. If we can't work from home in that case, are we entitled to paid sick leave or personal leave? 
Yeah. So if you're if you're yeah. sick, if you have some kind of sickness, then yes, you have access to paid sick leave, assuming that you are a permanent employee. If you're casuals, unfortunately, you don't have any access to paid leave. But if you are permanent and you're sick, then you can access your paid sick leave entitlement. If mm-hmm. you don't have any left for want of, you know, maybe you haven't been employed for very long or you've already used it for other reasons, then you can look at asking your employer to use some other kind of paid leave that you might have access to. If you're caring for someone in that scenario where it's not you that's sick, but you're caring for someone else who's sick, then you have access to paid carer's leave entitlements. It's a little bit different. Like if, you, if you're in contact with someone who's self-isolating, technically you might not be caring for them no. because you, they don't need you to care for them. They're just at home and you're not sick either. So you're just kind of stuck in the crosshairs really where you're having to self-isolate as well, but you, you don't have access to any of the paid sick leave or the carer's leave for doing that. Yeah. So it really does just leave you with any annual leave or long service leave that you might have or again that ability to work from home yeah okay fair enough that also sounds sensible right this all just comes down to working together to find a solution we're all in this together this has all been and no one's in control of this no one can control anything that's going on other than keeping away from other people so we've just got to talk to each other and work it out Exactly. You know, one of the things to continue on that working from home scenario, as you said, it's about working together. And I've heard from some employers that some employees are kind of saying, well, you know, do I have to use my own computer to work from home or do I have to do this or do I have to do that? My response to that is really an employer can't force you to use your own equipment to work from home. And, you know, arguably if the employee refuses and you've directed them to remain away from the office, then arguably the employer will continue to have to just pay them as normal. But that kind of leaves you in that difficult situation where the employer is directing the employee to stay home for really the employee's own safety. And I think it would be a really quite short-sighted for an employee mm. to sort of refuse to have a bit of that give and take and, and provide a bit of assistance and, you know, use their own equipment in circumstances where the employer is really just trying to do the best that they can to protect everyone from getting sick. Yeah, and where they've got it and it's available to them, I I agree, makes sense. Yeah, and like you said, you know, recompense if there is a need, if it's cost that is associated Mm. to the employee. That's it, yeah. And what if employers don't tell us to work from home but we want to? What if people Mm. are really concerned or they have family members who might be at a high risk and they want to work from home? What do you suggest? So there's the two options we've kind of already touched on. One is that you can request to use paid leave again, annual leave or or long service leave, or maybe there's some other leave benefit that you have access to in a contract of employment, or just negotiate a working from home arrangement. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've produced our flex guide about making an application for a flexible work arrangement. And I would suggest downloading that as a good starting point. This is a little bit different, this scenario, because it's a case that you want to work from home, generally speaking, because you want to minimize your chances of getting sick and therefore spreading that to the rest of your family. So if you feel that you're going to be safer at home or perhaps you feel that your employer is not taking the necessary steps to make your workplace safe, then yeah, absolutely have a conversation with them and see if you can work from home. Good. Well, what else do we need to know? Are there any big things that we've missed in terms of this employer-employee? I think there's only two more things that I would finish on. The first is that there is some prospect at some point in time that a business is going to have to shut down. 
unfortunately, you know, some businesses are being affected more than others. You know, anyone who's running events, for example, is really struggling. Some retail stores are really struggling. Things like movie theatres, other arts, you know, we just heard that Vivid in Sydney has had to close down. So all of those kinds of businesses are really seriously impacted. And that might mean that they're shutting down and they just don't have the work for their employees to do. Yeah. And in that case, the first thing I suggest is employers talk to the employees about it, be really open about it and inform the employees of the impact that it's had and discuss ways with those employees that they can minimise the impact on all of them so that mm. there's still a viable business when all of the, the hopefully when everything dies down. When passes over and, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things. And if you do need to, you know, it may be that you can agree with people that employees, they just take unpaid leave for a period of time so that you can avoid having to actually introduce redundancies because, we really do want to have the idea that our employees are still going to be there when business is ready mm. to go again. I know. And then we get into the issue of personal finances and our employees yeah. and their families being able to afford to live. But yeah, yeah, you know, we can't solve all the problems in one episode, can we? So no. let's just focus There are some government initiatives already for small businesses. Mm. So mm. if you're in that boat, it's worth looking at. Mm. Um, and maybe if you're an employee who's listening, you can draw that to the attention of your employer as well if they're not already aware. And I think, you know, finally, it just comes down to, as we like to talk about quite a lot, communication. Yeah. Whatever is happening, just be communicating it, whether you're communicating hygiene requirements, whether you're communicating strategies that you're going to be implementing around working from home or something like that. If you do have people working from home, how are you going to continue to be communicating with them on a daily basis to make sure that everyone still feels connected and, and aware of what's happening and talk to them about, you know, what might be coming up? Mm-hmm sounds like very sensible advice and like I said before it's and and like you've said it's about working together to find the solution and to get our way through and it's not forever it's a short term although it feels like it for some people like it's intense and you know there's lots of uncertainty it's not forever so we'll we'll all get through it we'll all get through it the next episode like you said at the beginning is going to be all about working effectively from home during coronavirus either quarantine or if businesses shut down and we've got a series of really practical tips that we will share on working from home whether that be with children or perhaps if schools are cancelled all those kinds of things so we're going to share some practical strategies for you in the next episode Thanks so much for listening. If you're wanting to see that flexible work application again, then you can go to www.thejuggle.com.au forward slash flex guide. Otherwise, good luck surviving the coronavirus <laughs> pandemic and we'll see you in the next episode. And I will just also add that if you are a business owner and you want some tailored or specific advice about how this all plays out in your business, then get in touch with Jo because this is what she does. This is, this is her thing. So she is your expert employment lawyer. So she would be more than happy to help out any juggle listeners. Absolutely. Okay. We'll see you next time. Happy, happy juggling. juggling.